Welcome to the Intersection of Faith and Culture, a PCM podcast where we talk about how to maneuver through today's hot topics while maintaining a grasp on our testimony and relationship with God. So welcome to the Intersection of Faith and Culture, episode number dos, number two here. And uh, I'm Ted Goki, and Katie Smith is joining us, and we're practicing safe physical distancing. <laughs> I-, I refuse to use the word social distancing, Katie, because we are still being socially interactive here, just not That's physically right. interactive because of the distance, right? Right. How, how are you <laughs> now? Stay connected. <laughs> That's right. When you're listening to this podcast, or when we were recording this podcast, um, we were in the middle of, in fact, uh, just last night, Governor Bill Lee of Tennessee and uh, Governor uh, Kemp of Georgia and Mayor Burke and all the other mayors uh, issued mm-hmm. the uh, um, the shelter-in-place orders, which means everybody has to stay home unless you're an essential worker. So uh, mm-hmm. some of us are essential workers, being in radio and things and others. So, so here we are. So, Katie, how are you and your family handling quarantine and, and all of that? Um, you want the truth? Yeah, yeah, of course we do. <laughs> oh, well, I, I thought I was nailing it. I thought I've got this, like I'm a homeschooling mom. I've got this. We love staying home. And, um, then last night at dinner, I was really rude to my husband and my snarkiness was like, wow, where did that come from? Uh, so I, I had some repenting to do. <laughs> I had to make it up to him. Yeah. Why? Why do you think you got snarky all of a sudden? Was it something that he, he deserved or was it oh, no. just everything no. built up and you My just exploded? My husband is like the sweetest man on the planet. Like he is so sweet. I, I forget what it was, but um, it was such a reaction, Ted. And I'm, I, I love that this is our topic today because this is exactly where the rubber meets the road. We have a reaction when we're talking. We don't even realize we're doing it. And so um, it, I said something and he asked a question and I, was ins- I didn't even realize I was insulted until my response. I, re- I responded with such sarcasm. And my, my, my sons, who are 16 and 17, like, we're not doing dinner together together every night. Like there's different <laughs> things going on for everybody. But last night I was like, Ooh, let's come to the table. And then I totally was a jerk to their dad. Um, and they just looked at me like, what just happened to you? Yeah. So, um, yeah. Well, at, at our house, we've got uh, my 83-year-old mother-in-law is living with us. And uh, and again, with me getting up every morning at 4 and being here at the radio station by 5 every morning and then getting home about 2.30 or 3, I get a break. Um, mm-hmm. You know, even though I'm working here at the studio and getting everything done and, uh, and all the, the different things going to that, but my wife... Is uh, you know her business is kind of slowed to a stall because nobody's ordering and and sending flowers anymore and uh, and things. So she, I mean, my wife is a clean freak and she her hobby and is, is to clean the house and uh, um, and so she's doing all of that. But now her mom can't get out and now she can't get out or anything like that unless she's going to the grocery store. Um, and so it's, there's a lot going on there. And, uh, and my mother-in-law is not the, uh, um, you know, she's just kind of real old school. She, she grew up a long, long time ago and, and she's a Yankee. And so, uh, uh, and that, and so that's a whole nother thing too. So, uh, family members are definitely testing each other's patience during these days. It's safe to say. But even yeah. if it wasn't this, Katie, if we weren't all crammed into a house uh, under these these mandatory stays, how often in your family do you find yourselves doing that, testing each other's patience? Mm. Well, my personality is, as you know, like I respond really quickly to things, and um, 
and outwardly I'm an extrovert. And so I think that, you know, that just happens on a pretty regular basis. I've worked really hard on it. And so I hope that some of the things that I've learned, I'll be able to share while we're talking, but, um, I, I, yeah, it's like a normal, it's a normal thing, right? You're going to get irritated with each other, you know, two family members running to the same bathroom at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Who's going to win? You know, it's like, <laughs> especially when your kids are your size, you know, it's like, Oh, sure. I'm fine. I can't fight you off anymore. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Well, then, and then also another avenue of this aspect of this is the whole social media and just media in general and the oh, impact oh, can, on I family communication. I can complain about that if you wanted me to. <laughs> well, let me hear Let's hear your complaint. How does that, how does that okay, negatively so impact your family? My husband has a way of taking in information in mass volumes like mass consumption 24 7 i can't do that like we have not had cable for years and years and years and then you know we're getting settled in athens and and we were like we you know we're if we're going to live in east tennessee you have to have in my opinion you have to have cable because that's like the best way to get information i mean now there's now apps and stuff like that but we were like we just want to know if the tornado's coming right sure so sure. we got we got the news and then you know, we upgraded because for some reason, AT&T doesn't offer local or yeah, like the Fox news channel or something like that. So I'm like, I like having a diversity of news. So we upgraded now it's on 24 seven. And I finally had to tell him after a couple of weeks, cause it, for, for us, my husband is immune compromised. This started a month ago. This actually started like a month and a half ago. Cause he had a flare up uh, lupus flare up. And so mm -hmm. he started with the news back then our boys were making statistical speculations back in January about coronavirus. And I'm like, Oh, come on. That's so <laughs> ridiculous. So I feel like I've had more time than most to, to process this. Yeah. And then because I am so verbal, I've had to really work hard on <laughs> my character defects to, um, you know, really be able to love well, instead of just, you know, just be yourself. It's like, yeah. well, yeah, but if that's really obnoxious, it's not a good thing. So sure, sure. Yeah, with us, with us, it's not so much television between me and my wife. And of course, you know, our, our youngest is uh, uh, 23 years old now and uh, and at home, and he he works on the weekends now during this this crisis. They've divided up the welders, and they've got half the welders working Monday through Thursday, and the other half Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 12 hour days. And uh, so Chipper volunteered for the weekends um, just so he could get four days off, basically, and play video games all night. But um, so there's not much social media. Are, 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 there's not that much interaction between, except for me and my wife, and I get home in the afternoon, and, and I try to get all of my social media fix, I guess, mm -hmm. or anything, done before I get home. Um, yeah. Or if she's in the back room and she decides she wants to go watch a, a TV show, you know, one of those Real housewife shows or whatever, uh, uh, then uh, I'll, uh, I'll, you know, I'll jump on Facebook or whatever real quickly on my phone or something like that. But um, there's a lot of family struggle with yeah. social media addictions and things and, and television and movies and all of that. And yeah. I think what that does, in my opinion, and what I've seen is it really hinders communication among family members. And I think the majority of family issues when families have problems, I know in my own family, when my families have had problems, it stems from poor communication. Mm, 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I love how honest you are about that. And I, for me, it even goes back to like, not even knowing what your expectations are of family members, not even knowing, you know, what you expect of your husband or your mother-in-law or somebody else until they're stepping on your toes yeah. with something they're doing. And so that can be a really hard thing. Um, yeah, I've, I've developed a couple of disciplines around those things. <laughs> Like what? what? What are the safeguards? What are the safeguards uh, that you have? Safeguards. Okay. This is probably the hardest, least fun thing to do. Um, but, but if you do it, it'll help you just like drinking more water will help you. Sure. So in the morning and in the evening, if you just write down, like, how am I feeling physically, emotionally, and spiritually, and just even just becoming aware of that totally changes everything. Oh, wow. um, I used to wake up every morning in a really bad mood and not know why. And I, I think what was happening was a low blood sugar clap crash. Like I'm not diabetic, but there's something about blood sugar. And so that was an easy trick that when you're living with other people and one of the people in the family wakes up in a bad mood every day, like that can be really hard on everyone. So that's one little thing that I've found that's helpful. Uh, And I do turn off my phone at a certain time every day. Um, Do go off social media unless I'm doing like a quick check, but not like scrolling for hours and hours on end. So, um, yeah, I, I have some, some strategies for scheduling that have really been a beautiful thing for us. And I, I wish I had learned them earlier. So you touched on an important point too. When when I'm on my way home from work and I used to not see this and Amy finally had, uh, uh, make me aware of this because I, I was blind to it is mm-hmm. that she said, do you realize you are on your phone all the time? Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm, I'm on here at the work, I get all the stuff done. And then because I'm in the studio so early in the morning, my day starts two or three hours before everybody else does. Right. And so I leave the studio in theory, two or three hours before everybody else does. Well, mm-hmm. their day still continues for two or three more hours. And so if they like, Oh, I got a question for Ted. They right. pick up the phone and they call me, you know, even mm-hmm. though that's quote unquote after my office hours. And, right. and I'm such a, a, I guess, a workaholic and minister minded, ministry minded. I was called into ministry. That is to me, oh, it's no big deal. Let me just take this phone call. And one day, Amy and I were in a discussion, maybe a little heated discussion over me and my mm-hmm. cell phone use and all of that. And I kid you not, Katie, in the middle of that conversation, I got a phone call. Oh, no. And Did guess you take what? It? On on just reaction, just um, on automatic. I went, hold on, and I hit the button, and her and face. Said, That's it. Oh my gosh, her <laughs> face! If looks could kill, I'd have been six feet under and deserved it, deserved every bit of it. And it's oh, right man. then and there that I realized. I mean, I was uh-huh. like. I have a problem. I really do have a problem. So now <laughs> well, I try sweet. to get done before I get home. And then when I do get home, I put it on mute. And so mm-hmm. that way, if somebody does call me, and sometimes it's important, sometimes they really do need to get a hold of me, mm-hmm. then I'll look at it from time to time when she's not in the room or if I go in the restroom mm-hmm. or whatever. And then I can see if it's something I really need to call. Uh, right. Call yeah. Back. Yeah. This reminds me, my one of my very best friends is in Arizona. And so she's got toddlers. So her busy time of the day is the morning. I have teenagers. My busy time of the day is with family is like from three to midnight. That's my shift with my family. And then like morning time is quiet. That's when I can do my quiet work, but that's when she's in her busy time. So we had to figure out like, how are we going to stay connected? And we just figured out that if it was an emergency, like we, we have this text code now that we use (laughs) and it's, it's like, do you need to hear back from me right now? Can this wait an hour, three hours, three days? Yeah. What do you need? So for us, that really helped because 
you know, not everything's an emergency. We just want to say hi, but we still really want to stay connected too. So sure. that's been helpful to Can, help me stay present. You know, how, she's how, got her kids in bed at like six thirty. So. Oh my goodness. She's one of those people. Okay. <laughs> wow. I've dreamed about being one of those people. In that right, past, I was so. never one of them. <laughs> yeah. Hey, well, how would you define real communication? When you think of communication within your family or with your spouse, what is real communication? How do you know you're really communicating? That is such a good question. My favorite question to ask is, what did you hear me say? Mm. <laughs> and and then to end it with, do, do you feel like I heard you? Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, if my husband doesn't feel heard, like that is not good. And I, I really need, ha- being the extrovert, I really have to slow myself down to listen for that and to remember to ask those questions. Because he will never say, Katie, you ran me over. He'll just... He'll just absorb that. And that's not good for him either. He, he needs to grow in that too. But, um, yeah. <laughs> did you hear me? <laughs> what did you hear me say, Ted? <laughs> Do you know what one of the hardest things for me is? And, and I, I teared, I, I run over, you mentioned run over, you know, your husband, if you ran over him. I do that to Amy all the time, and sure. uh, and that's something else that I've been, that's been pointed out to me is that, you know, in fact, one time she even stopped and she said, oh, I'm sorry. Did the middle of my sentence interrupt the beginning of yours? You know, type thing. I'm like, okay, I understand. I understand. And I feel you. you. (laughs) Yeah. Because too many times, I think when we're listening to somebody speak, we are automatically trying to figure out what our answer or what our comeback is going to be. And so then if you're like me, I engage the throttle, you know, before I I, I slip the clutch out and, 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 you know, and I'm, I'm running all over. So, um, Mm -hmm. one of the things for us, real communication and, and sometimes you're not even saying anything at all. Uh, we, Amy and I are Survivor fans. We watch the reality show Survivor. And, uh, and that's one of the highlights of our week is that we can actually sit there on the couch side by side and watch a show or whatever it is together. Maybe not even saying anything, not even, but the fact that we're both there and we're both vegging out, basically, if you will, um, mm-hmm. and not on our phones or anything like that. Um, what would you say? How do you know? How do you feel like you and your husband are really connecting. You're really communicating. Mm-hmm. That is a good one. You know, if I'm going to be honest, um, I, our personalities are extremely different. And this has been fascinating with our sons coming of age. They're like, we don't, we kind of don't know how you guys got together because we're <laughs> just that different. And um, this year, you know, he was like, I'm going to go work in Tennessee. And I'm like, I'm still in California. Why are you over there? And literally like, I couldn't get a good answer out of him. And so, you know, sometimes like how much do we actually communicate? I think that the attitude that we carry in the home speaks volumes. And so even more than words, what am I doing to take care of my own heart, my own needs so that I'm showing up the way my husband needs me to, because he doesn't need me to show up as, as a 15 year old girl. He needs me to show up as a woman, someone who's secure in who they are, someone who knows that they're loved by God. And that my focus is blessing his life, which some people are cringing right now. I know you're cringing right now. I don't want to show up and bless my husband's life. Yes, you do. That's why you wore the white dress girl. That's why you made yourself look so good before the wedding. Come on. Yes, you do. Maybe you're a little burned out right now. That's completely understandable, but how we show up for our spouses so much of the time, I think is, that's 90% of the communication battle. 
I mean, when I apologized to my husband for how I talked to him last night and then did something that was important to him that maybe he'd asked me to do, but I've been putting off, that meant so much to him. So I don't know. I'm coming up on my 20th wedding anniversary. And one of the key things I've learned is it's so much better to carry an attitude <laughs> that says I love you than oh, it yeah. is to have to always you know, verbalize stuff. We're coming up on our 30th. Uh, July 28th is our 30th wedding anniversary. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, big time, big time. And, uh, um, you know, the communication roadblocks, that's what I wanted to jump into now. And, mm-hmm. and we've learned them. We've learned them over the years. And uh, uh, my, my love uh-huh. language, one, my number one primary love language is words of affirmation. And mm-hmm. so, and physical touch is my second. Hers is not. And so mm-hmm. I always tried to compliment her and encourage her and all this kind of stuff. And she, mm-hmm. she appreciates it, but it's not really what's communicating to her that I love her and things. And so, um, you know, I made it a point to try to make sure there's never dirty dishes in the sink uh, mm-hmm. because hers is, is uh, acts of kindness and quality time are her gifts there. But not knowing what each other's, what makes your love tank fill up um, to yes. me is a big block of communication. Um, yes. And then also I mentioned trying to make sure that you're heard and that, you know, and your point is across more than theirs for us, at least in 30 years, that was a real roadblock to our communication. What about you guys? Oh, I I love what you said. I mean, it it sounds like your Amy is my Brian um, because (laughs) like, you know, we, we, so we just moved into this house. We're gutting the house. There's a lot going on. My husband had a health relapse. I'm starting a new thing. So there's all this stuff going on. And, um, we, we've had to figure out who's going to be responsible for the dishes. We don't have a dishwasher. We, we've said, well, we're just going to put off that decision for a while. It's kind of expensive and it's going to, you know, we don't really want to disturb the kitchen yet in terms of remodel. So we're trying to figure out who's responsible for the dishes. And um, one night I just, you know, it had gotten to mass, <laughs> mass uh, explosion in the kitchen. And I, I just stayed up a couple hours and I, put on a Bible app and just listen while I did dishes. That was actually super motivating, by the way. I didn't stop at the dishes. I ended up like Cloroxing the entire front end of the house. Um, Serious, I was up way too late. But anyway, my husband woke up the next day and he was like beaming. And I'm like, what? And he's like, you, you, you did all that. And I'm like, yeah. He's like, he didn't even have words, but like for the next two weeks, you know, he's like totally in love with me. So, but he never said it. Right. He never said it. Like my thing is affirmation too. verbal affirmation. I love affirmation. I love words. I love gifts. I'm like hugs. I'm good. Um, I can live on that. Um, I don't care what the house looks like. I do care what the house looks like. It needs to be livable. But, um, anyway, yeah. So I'm kind of like you and just like, okay, so that struggle is real. And maybe now is a time to go back to the five love languages. You know, the quiz online is free. Yeah. And so anybody could take that and just like give themselves a little challenge. How am I going to really bless my spouse or what do I need to do for myself so that I'm in a good place where I feel like I can give. But at some point, I hope you're going to talk about forgiveness. Oh yeah. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Um, (laughs) And and doing a lot of premarital counseling with couples before I officiate their ceremonies. Some of the other roadblocks of communication we talk about are the remote control, the cell phone, Mm. the social media. You know, when somebody comes in to sit down, they want to talk, um, you know, you have to be able to have that with you. And I'm going to give you some tips here in a little while, some tips for good communication. But 
one of those things that I'll, that I'll give you now as a, as a free one is uh, um, when when somebody walks in the room and they have something very important to say, when Amy comes in and says, hey, I really need to talk to you about something. Well, that's not the time for me to mute the TV. That's time for me to turn off the TV. Because wow. if I mute the I TV, yeah, well, like, if I mute the TV, then I'm going to be half listening to her and watching what's going on on the screen yeah. back and forth. If you yeah. come in and sit down and you say, hey, I really need to talk to you about something and the other person's on Facebook um, or doing something else, or if they come in and Amy and and it's a, a football game or, or something like that and there's only a couple minutes left and it's close, you know, I say, can we honestly can we wait about two or three minutes or do you really need to turn this off right now because honestly whatever's on tv whatever's on social media fails in comparison to what your spouse needs or what your kids need however there are some things when your spouse or your kids may realize no that's okay dad yeah just just five minutes will be great come see me you know so turning those things off getting off the social media all of that when somebody comes in but the other person has to have the guts to be able to walk in and say hey can we talk about something right now really important? And you have to make sure that it is a really important. It's not just a, so where do you want to go for vacation next year? You know, whatever, something that could wait. So uh, anyway. Any yeah, other, having a plan to talk. Ooh. Yeah. Any, any other roadblocks you can think of? Um, yeah. Just not having a time set apart that you guys are actually going to talk about like the household stuff. Like um, we've reinstated a Sunday nights as a great time for us to connect and just kind of say how we're doing and check in and what's falling through the cracks and what needs to be addressed and who has the capacity to do that right now. So just having that weekly check-in, I think is probably the biggest gift for my husband. Cause I think he lives with this layer of she's going to come to me with something and I'm not prepared to deal with it because I'm thinking about work or I'm thinking about this or, you know, and it's, it's, that's important stuff. Um, so just having a time set apart to talk is so helpful. Are you, are you all one of the family meeting type people? So my husband hates that. Hates it. <laughs> I do too. I'm like your husband in that one there. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm like, the more meetings, the better. Let's have a meeting every morning. Like, you know, it was just like, I think it was two years ago. Um, and our boys are like almost 18 and almost 16. And they're like, mom, we really don't want to do morning devotionals with you anymore. Oh, wow. And um, I'm like, uh, what? And so I go to my husband and I'm like, what do you think about this? Like, we're accountable. <laughs> you know, and he's like, they're guys, they need to become men and they need to own their devotional. And I'm like, well, could you do it? <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes he says yes. And we'll, you know, have a great spell of doing that. And then he'll get sick and then the, the schedule gets upset. So I feel like so much of the frustration between couples is really about not being aware of what everybody really needs right now. You know, are people maxed out in their responsibilities and how does that affect the family and how can we set life-giving limits, life-giving limits? So I don't know. There's a lot we could talk about with that too. (laughs) Good stuff. Good stuff. We're going to come back and talk here in just a second about uh, um, how do you communicate the really tough stuff, uh, those issues that come up every once in a while in families. But right now, If you're at home and if you have a hard time sharing your faith, if you have a hard time, just the thought of of telling somebody how you came to know Jesus makes you break into a cold sweat. Listen, we've got something for you. It was just rolled out here recently. It's called the Big Share app. And you can go to your app store. 
uh, Android or iPhone, and go to your app store and look for The Big Share. And then you download that, and here's what The Big Share is. It's an app that we've put out from comeonletsgo.com, and all it, it talks you through a couple different things. You can either share your favorite Bible story, your Bible verse. You can share your testimony, how you came to faith, or at a time when you felt God, when you really felt God's presence in a real way. And on screen, on your phone, it will talk you through each one of those, and you record each of those three segments. When you're done, it puts those three segments together, and there's your story. You can edit it. You can cut it out. You can start all over. But when you're finally done and you're satisfied with it, you hit upload. It goes to comeonletsgo.com, but then it also is available for you to share on your social media platforms. It's called The Big Share, and you can check it out right now at comeonletsgo.com or in your app store. Katie Smith and I, Ted Gokey, are hanging out with you here at the the intersection of faith and culture. And Katie is a very strong believer. I'm a very strong believer. But sometimes it's tough living in this world. And uh, and we want to glorify God. We want to praise the Lord with our life and the way we live our life. And, and we want to be contagious in our faith. But sometimes it's just hard. The topic of today's episode is, I hear what my wife is saying, but I'm not really listening. Or Katie could say, I hear what my husband is saying, but I'm not really listening. So, uh, Katie, as we talk about communicating, continue there. How do you communicate the really tough stuff in your life? Um, I try to make sure everybody's got their stomachs full, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> and I, I, I think about it ahead of time, truthfully, like, okay, how can I create the best possible scenario for everybody and then my favorite magic question, if especially if I have to talk to the boys about something, is do you believe I love you? And that that one question I got from um, sons and mothers or mothers and sons, the same guy who wrote, and I don't know if this is going to be a trigger for people, I hope it's not, the book Love and Respect. They wrote a book about how moms and sons can relate really well. And that's the, the one question. Do you believe I love you? And starting from that place of, understanding and kind of, Ooh, maybe I haven't been relating with you in the best way. Let's make sure we start there. <laughs> yeah. I mean like hurt feelings and, and uh-huh. fear and anxiety and financial difficulties, you know, what's the best way to really communicate that tough stuff? I, I for years, whenever, uh, um, whenever I, I would sit down to do the bills or, you know, balance the checkbook and those type things and check on the family budget, uh, those three bad B words. Um, and, and it'd be, it'd be real tough. And, and, you know, and for a while they're having to go to my, my spouse and to say, Hey, we're not going to be able to do this right now. Uh, we need to hold off on that. We need to postpone that. We need to do this. Um, or we need to cut this out. You know, those are the tough for a husband, for the provider, quote unquote, that's really tough things to talk about because it, it hits you in your self-esteem. It helps you in your, you know, in your manhood. And I'm supposed to be providing for my family and giving my wife everything she wants and everything she needs and all of that. And it's just being able to learn what wants and needs are. Um, uh-huh. But I, I'll tell you, a rare occasion have I ever gone to my wife and shared those things and her not respond correctly or not respond with support and we say, well, okay, let's tight, let's tighten up the belt strap belt here and let's, uh, let's make it happen. And, but on my side of it, getting ready to share that is really filled with a lot of anxiety, um, because I don't want to disappoint her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I would, as a wife, I would always rather know than not know. Yeah. Um, 
I think one of my greatest fears is that I'm doing things that I don't know how it's affecting my spouse. And so if I'm overspending at Target, like that's, a, that I'll, I'll just, I just stopped worrying about it. And I'll just pick up the phone and say, Hey, I just want to make sure this is still good. You know, cause I, there's some really cute stuff. I want to get. <laughs> oh, yeah. And oh, then yeah. the other thing I do is like, I'll just bring it home and be like, you know what? This goes back to attitude. Like I'm okay. Taking stuff back. Like if I need to take stuff back and wait till next week, I can do that. That's fine. Absolutely. And actually doing that has been more helpful than like asking him in the moment. Cause I've got this internal voice, whether or not it's right. That says, Oh, you have to check with your husband. And like, whether or not that's helpful, whether or not that's true, wherever that voice comes from, it makes me feel insecure. And it makes me feel like I'm not okay on my own. And it's like, I don't think that's from God. Like, I just don't. So I've just gotten to the place where I'm going to own my choices. I'm going to own my responsibilities. If I overspend, I'm going to own that too. <laughs> so, <laughs> do you, do, do you guys have, do, do you all have a limit? Do you all have a certain limit that you can spend up to this point on average normally yeah. without having to check with the other person? Um, oh, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so we don't have a set in stone thing. Like, like I said, we're like remodeling the house right now. And my husband, like his worst thing is details. Like he doesn't, when I say worst, what I mean is it makes him OCD. He cares about details to the nth. And so for him, he's much better if I create the budget and then I just lay it on the table and say, here, here are the line items. I don't have to talk to you about this. These are the facts. And so you decide what you want to do within this amount of cash that we have available right now. And we'll go from there. And for him, that has been a great gift. Now I'm, I'm talking about it. Like I do that every week. I don't, I should. (laughs) (laughs) What about you, Ted? How's your house work like that? Yeah, we, uh, um, I mean, it's about a hundred dollars. We have a hundred dollar limit. And you know, if if Amy's going to spend over a hundred dollars somewhere, um, she'll usually send me a text or call and say, Hey, I just wanted to make sure because I'm the one that's responsible for the checking account for the most part. I'm the one that balances. Yeah. Does, I know, you know, what's there. And uh, yeah. that way, if she's out somewhere and she sees something that she really thinks we need or have to have for the yeah. house, you know, she'll buy it. And then I'm like, Oh man, I wish you, I'd known about that. Cause I could have planned for that. Um, and our yeah, relationship, that's a big one. That's yeah. a big one. Don't, don't skip over that too soon because oh, that's know. the whole thing, right? Like, Oh, I was going to use that money for X and then you used it for Y. And then, you know, yeah. I, and, and I have a hard time with the hundred dollar limit because I'll spend like 89, uh-huh. you know, like, Oh, I don't have to talk to you about that. Right. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah, yeah. because, and that, you, you do three eighty nines in a day and oh, no, 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 not in a day, in a day, <laughs> you know, so I, I've done that. I'm guilty of that. But yeah. So one way that we got around that was separate accounts for oh, certain wow. items. Okay. So I know that if I put, you know, 500 in this account, I, I name it in advance what it's for. I decide with him ahead of time what it's for. And then we go from there. I like credit unions for that. Yeah. I, when I do the premarital counseling too, a lot of times I'll tell couples that a good idea for you may be to have when you're doing your budget, make sure you're setting aside two different mad money, if you will, or and, and build that up if you want, or if you want to spend it all, spend it all. But that way you've got that there. And that way also, when it comes time for birthdays or anniversaries, you know, I don't look in the, go online, is checking the online banking. I'm like, 
well, why in the world did she spend this amount of money there? Oh, I know. She's, my birthday's coming. She's getting me a present. Now I know how much she spent. You know, whereas if it's coming out of her Mad Money account or my Mad Money account, you can kind of keep that a secret there. So yeah, I think um, that's really important. Just having that freedom because marriage is not supposed to be this law that's put on you that all of a sudden now you don't have any freedoms. It's like how do we navigate this well? And how do we still feel like human beings and not just like, ooh, now you're mad at me because you did something I didn't expect or yeah. I did something you didn't expect. So I think it's, I love, I love the mad money principle. Was that a Dave Ramsey thing? I may have been, may have been. I, I think Larry it was. Burkett, yeah, I really Matt, like, like that. that. Yeah, I don't want anybody being in trouble just because they're buying something that they like that's not a big deal, you know? Now let's talk about forgiveness. You brought it up in the last uh, the last segment there. How do you communicate? This is one of those tough things, the really yeah. tough stuff. How do you communicate best with your spouse when, or your or your kids? Sometimes we disappoint yeah. our kids. How do you do that? How do you ask for forgiveness when you know it? Daggone it! I messed up and I blew it. Well, one one of the beautiful things about being a big mouth. I mean, I had a desk on the wall in second grade by myself because, <laughs> but I also got citizen of the year that year. So, you know, like there's a give and take to my personality, but um, I think one of the things that's a gift from God to me is that I, I hit bottom really fast. And so I, if I make a mistake, I try to own it. I, I've gotten much better about this, by the way, I'm 41 now. I feel like I'm in my prime. Um, because I can own my mistakes in a way I never could before. And this goes back to really spending time with Jesus and dwelling in the fact that he loves me and dwelling in the fact that my worst does not come from how I, um, how I function, but I'm already, if, if you're already robed in the righteousness of Christ, now you can own your shortcomings in a way you never could before, because you're not going to be cut off from love. Like really the reason why we don't communicate is because we don't want the consequences of being cut off from love. And so we hide behaviors or we don't say what we really think we really feel because we think somebody's going to reject us if we expose our hearts, you know? Mm -hmm. So that I, I got this mental image like 12 or not 12 years ago, like in 2012. And I was standing in a forest and it was like wintertime. It's freezing cold. Did I tell you about this already? No, uh, this is a new one for me. Cool. I'm like, on the edge I, of my I, chair. I, I was not. <laughs> What's that? I'm on the edge of my chair. Keep ah, going. Okay. So I got this. I was, I was in the winter. It was um, imagine just like this forest with no leaves anywhere. And you're standing in the middle of it. And then all of a sudden there's this enormous, heavy weighted cape. It's all white and it's just covering you. And you just, all of a sudden, I have chills right now. Even though you're in the middle of this barren place, you're safe and you're secure. That's the love of God. That's what we yeah. have in Christ. That's what the scripture says, that we are robed in the righteousness of Christ. So it's really because of that. Now I can be like, okay, I can tell you're upset with me. Okay, I didn't do what you asked me to do. And I'm just now remembering it. And it's been three days and or like even even since last night, I'm like, okay, I'm in the last 20 days of being married for 19 years. How am I going to make the next 20 days the best 20 days for my husband? What can I do for him? And uh, I was praying about that this morning. Just Lord, help me. And and really, it just comes down to mindfulness. Sure. Just being aware of how I'm interacting 
which is the hardest thing, right? <laughs> yeah, it sure is. You know, there were there was a while there when, and again, this gets back to my workaholic tendencies, and and uh, um, and I remember Amy and I went through a rough patch several years ago uh, where she just didn't feel appreciated. She didn't feel like I was making her a priority in my life, and and to be honest with you, I probably wasn't. Um, I felt like I was in my mind, I was, but I really wasn't by my actions. And you know, perception is ninety percent true most of the time. And uh, um, and so I started some. Something very small to this day I still do every morning that she doesn't get up which is most mornings that she doesn't get up when I leave the house at four o'clock in the morning I don't blame her I wouldn't get up either if I didn't have to at that time but every morning that I leave the house without talking to her carrying on a conversation with her I just write her a little note and, and on the computer and leave it up on the screen there and a lot of times it's just the, just, Hey, I love you. Thank you for dinner last night. It was incredible or whatever. And here's kind of a rundown of what I've got today. Here's what time I think I'm going to be home. Or I'm going to try to shoot to be home with and, and anything like that. And then I always try to put in there, give me a call later if you get a chance, you know, or when you, when, when you want to, because that way that lets her know that I'm connected, you know, to her throughout the day and she gets every morning and she sees, okay, he at least thought of me this morning, you know. When wait, wait, wait. That. So, how so, many years have you been married? Uh, we married thirty years. And, and so when did you start doing I, the note probably, thing? Probably, probably about 10, 12 years ago, I guess. And okay, they're, and they're, so and they're I'm all saved. You. They're all saved on the computer, and so uh, she can <laughs> yes. go back and she can look and she can see our kids or our great grandkids or something like that. You know, they can go back and see all of these. Of course, some of them I don't want her to see because our kids to see because they're a little personal. But um, but anyway, it's just something that we do. Now, if she gets up in the morning and comes in there into the kitchen and you know whatever. Then we talk, and I don't leave her a note then, but. Um, but anyway, that's just something that, that we've done and it, it helped me because I, I had failed so badly in communicating with her. And so that just helped me kind of connect with her and, uh, and yeah. she knows that she can call me. And we've got a thing here at the office where, uh, um, if we're in a meeting and our wife calls, that's an important call. And so we'll say, excuse me, the boss is calling. Is we'll awesome. joke about that or whatever and answer that. But also my wife knows that, you know, and usually she'll text first, Hey, are you available for a phone call? You know, if I'm like, no, but I can be, you know, it's like, oh, well, that's okay. That's okay. I was just going to ask you, ground beef was on sale. Didn't know how many pounds you wanted, you know, whatever, right. that type of stuff. Yeah. And, uh, but if it is an emergency or she really feels like she needs to get a hold of me, she can. So mm -hmm. I haven't always been good at that. So when you're around, um, out and about and uh, in your lifetime and you, maybe you're away from the car radio or, or that, but you still want that music, maybe you're going for a run and you don't want commercials or you don't want slow music dragging you down. What do you do? We've got another app for you. It's called J radio and you can go, it's a, it's, there is a, a paid subscription if you'd like to get rid of all the commercials and things, or you can have a, a free subscription and there are actually, uh, levels of that. If you want certain songs that are just straight flat out unashamedly Christian music, you can do that. Or if you like more of the positive music, it may not be straight Christian lyrics, but it is positive. It's nothing nothing that will be uh, damaged, nothing you'd be ashamed of your kids to listen to. There's different levels that you can subscribe to for your families. It's called J Radio. Several hundreds playlists that have been curated, many by artists that have done that, like 10th Avenue North and the afters and others who have put together playlists of think songs that they're currently listening to, some of theirs, some of others, and they've talked in between them. But you know what? With a paid subscription, if you don't want to hear Ted talking about his playlist, you can turn me off and just have straight music. It's a really cool app that we think you will love. It's called J Radio, and you can check that out right now in the App Store or just go to jradio.com. Katie and I are hanging out today here on episode number two of the intersection of faith and culture. I hear what my wife is saying. 
but I'm not really listening. That's the title that I gave it today. Um, Katie, have you ever felt like that was the case where you hear what your husband is saying, but you weren't really listening? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever felt that way about him? He, you know, he heard you, but he's not really listening. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we've had to talk that through. Um, that's a conversation we've had over and over and over again, because I'm Italian Irish, you know, we make huge eye contact. Like we talk to each other while we're talking, we talk with our hands. His family's not like that at all. So, um, it's been good for me to say like, do you really hear me? Like, (laughs) I know that you teach communication. (laughs) So, you know, and so a lot of this has just been like, understanding different personality types or just understanding preferences. But yeah, that's been a real rub, a real issue, you know, tension. Sure. Sure. All right. Let's, let's wrap up with some real quick tips for good communication. I'll start off with one, uh, social media and media in general limits. Okay. And just timing it out, making sure that when you're engrossed totally in Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or whatever, could you be socially communicating with your spouse or with your kids during that time? Is it possible? Are your schedules lined up where you can be doing that? If it's throughout the day and your spouse is at work or they're busy shopping or doing whatever, then okay, jump on social media. It can be good. It can be great. I'm, there's also some bad stuff out there, but I'm not a social media slammer, uh, but you, you could be on there. But if you have the opportunity, it's so much better. It's a better investment of your time and your life to be communicating with your spouse or your kids face-to-face than it is on social media with your best friend from fourth grade. Mm, mm-hmm. Got one for us, Katie. Good point. Uh, no, I roll out another one. I'm, I'm taking okay. notes. All right. <laughs> fight fair. This is called fight fair. I teach all the couples that I do premarital counseling with that you can fight fair because a lot of couples will try to stay away from all conflict. Oh no, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to have any arguments. I don't want to. So, and what happens is that somebody is always the one that, is shying away from conflict, then nine times out of 10, they're the ones that have the pent up resentment building up inside of them because Mm -hmm. their spouse is always getting their way, but I'm never being heard. I'm never getting my way. And so, but they think because they don't want to fight in your marriage and your, in your relationship that it's not good. But I'll tell you this, if you go to the gym and let's pick an exercise, pick an exercise at the gym, Katie. Oh, squats. Okay. Oh, gosh, I hate squats. So you go, you go to the gym. And <laughs> oh, they're you do, and so good. They're so good. I know good. they are. I know they are. You go to the gym and you do squats. It's leg day, okay? So you're, mm-hmm. you're cranking out those squats and you're slamming them. You come away from there and your muscles, your thighs and your calves and your, uh, and your, uh, um, your quads are just screaming because you've just given them a good uh, squat workout. What have you actually done to those muscles? Mm, yeah, you've torn them. Exactly. And that's a good thing because now they will build back stronger. That's what bodybuilding, that's what weightlifting, that's what all that's for. And so when you go through conflict, it's not necessarily bad. You get through the other side. I'll teach you how to fight fair in just a second. You get to the other side. And now the next time a conflict like that comes up, you know, hey, we're mature. We can make it through this conflict. I can share my thoughts. She can share her thoughts. And together, we'll be able to work that out and get through it. And we'll be better. We'll be stronger for that. Our relationship will be stronger. Yeah. Um, oh, that reminds me of something that we did that was extremely practical. And it's um, it's for every five communication exchanges you have, you can only have one negative exchange with oh, your spouse. There you go. Do you know that one? I don't know that? that one. That's a good one. That's a good Ooh, one, though. That was especially helpful when he was working on one side of the country and I was working on the other side. 
it, it totally changed the tone of our friendship. It was great. Because I can imagine in that situation on the phone, you're trying to share all how your day's going. And if you're not careful, you can become a negative Nancy or a negative yeah. uh, Nathan or whatever uh, and go that yeah. way. Um, yeah. Here's That's how to so fight funny. fair. Let's say that you and your spouse are in a heated discussion. And then all of a sudden you realize, one of you realizes, wait a minute, we're not even talking about the issue anymore. We're mm-hmm. mad. We're upset. I'm tempted to call them something. They're tempted to call me something. We're yeah. suddenly not talking about the situation we're supposed to be talking about. We've now taken this personal. We're in the personal zone, and we're getting ready to blow up. What one of you needs to do, or both of you, is to actually make the timeout signal with your hands, like they, right. like a coach would in a basketball game. Timeout. A referee. Timeout. But what you have to do ahead of time is you have to decide what is your timeout limit. Is it 10 minutes? Is it 30 minutes? Is it an hour? Whatever it is. And so that way, when one of the person calls a timeout, what you're doing is you're saying, hey, wait a minute. I love you. I care for you. And I'm afraid that our communication is being very negative and hurtful right now. And I don't want to go that way with you. So let's call a timeout. And what you do is you go to your separate parts of the house or one of you go outside or do whatever. Think about what it is you all were talking about. What's the basic issue? What was the thing, the issue that you were talking about originally? Now try to say, okay, what were they saying to me? What's mm-hmm. their side of it? What's my? Am I getting my side across or am I not? And then after that time period is up, come back together, hug it out if you need to, and then pick up the conversation all over again. Because mm-hmm. now what will happen is if you're the person that's the more talkative one and you want to get things done right now and talk it through, then if the other person never comes back after the timeout, then the next time you're in that situation and they call a timeout, you're going to be, oh, heck no, we're not doing that because timeouts don't work. You won't come back and finish this because mm-hmm. usually in every relationship, there's somebody that wants to talk it all the way out and the other person's like, eh, I'll just kind of skirt away from this. It's no big deal. I'll let it go. Um, but some yeah. people, they can't let it go. They're not frozen fans. They want to make sure that, uh, uh, that they're talking through that. So you can fight fair with a timeout. Mm-hmm. Any others? I would add to that, don't, no big talks after 9 p.m. Ah. <laughs> it's just not going to go well. My husband's like you, Ted, in that he gets up at 4, 4.30 every day. And so for us, his limit is probably 8.30. Yeah. Um, he just, it's just not going to be productive if we talk late at night. So just like knowing if your spouse is even you know, tired or whatnot. Now, there, there are times, and I'm, I'm not sure if you're going to mention this, but there are times when you cannot skip a, a hard conversation sure. and maybe, maybe we could talk more about how to handle that, but, um, maybe another time, but yeah, after nine o'clock. <laughs> yeah. Because Just, honestly, my wife is not a morning person. Mm-hmm. I'm the person that is, I'm, I'm usually awake before the alarm clock goes off because I'm trying mm-hmm. to get it turned off and never get out of the house without waking her up. But I'm, as soon as I'm awake, I can carry on a full conversation with you and be fine and be great. And I don't drink coffee. Um, but, uh, but my wife, on the other hand, she's got to have that little bit of time to get up and to move around and to get her thoughts together, have her cup of coffee or two or three, and then she's okay. <laughs> but on the like you said, I'm like your husband. I, yeah. Because I get up so early, I try to get in bed early, and if she comes into the bedroom at 10 o'clock just, and I'm already in bed, and she says, honey, we need to talk about something. I'm like, oh, great. I'm only getting six hours sleep now as it is. And and so right. the whole time she's talking, I'm watching the clock ticking down. So, okay, now I only get five hours and 30 minutes of sleep, five hours of sleep. So you're absolutely right on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's good. It's, it's So much of it is just like learning how to be a good roommate, right? Like. Yeah. <laughs> 
that's a huge part of it. <laughs> How many couples get married? They go straight from living with mom and dad into a marriage and have never had a roommate. Mm. I was that way. I went straight from living with my mom and dad to I was married and moved into our own, you know, our own apartment. And, uh, and so the, my first learning how to live with a roommate was Amy. Uh, with, you know, there's a couple summers. I was at summer camps and, and with a creative ministries team traveling around. But other than that, what about put yourself in their shoes, Katie? How hard Absolutely. is that to do? Oh, man. I think if I had done that earlier on, it would have saved us so much. But, you know, like the babies came really early in our marriage. Yeah. And so we just went from, you know, the frying pan. You know, I just have such compassion for young couples because of that. But I sure. wish that... Um, I wish that I had had somebody actually walk alongside me. And I think this is where the church is so important to look for those people that can walk alongside you to tell you when you do need to, you know, see your spouse um, the way they are, put yourself in their shoes um, that sometimes that outside person can really help you figure out when to do that and when to actually have a different conversation. So I love the body of Christ for that reason, but yeah, absolutely. That's so important. How about win-lose versus win-win? You know, a lot of times when we're communicating with our spouse, and, and this is me, I, I point the fingers right back at me here. Nine times out of ten, I'm like, I'm win-lose. I, I mean, I'm going to win this conversation. I'm going to win this argument. I'm going to win this situation, and they're going to lose. Is there a way possible to do a win-win where both <laughs> of you win uh, and you're not looking for a loser or a winner in a particular – but you as a couple are a win-win? Mm-hmm. Yeah, even just changing your mindset, being like, I want my spouse to thrive and I want to thrive. So at the end of this conversation, what do I want to have come out of it? Like I've had this happen this week where I was going to say something and it was something that bothered me or annoyed me or whatever. And um, I decided not to say it because I recognized that it wasn't, I don't, I'm sorry about that, um, that I recognized that it wasn't going to get my relationship with my husband where I wanted it to be at the end of the conversation. So I just said, you know what, I'm not going to bring that up. Like, it's just not going to help right now. Um, but figuring that out and, and recognizing, I bet you're going to say that we're on the same side. <laughs> 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 There's a lot of times when I've had to tell myself, I don't need to say that. And I've right. learned the hard way because there's been times when I have said it and thought, oh, I wish I could take that back real quick. Right. You know. Oh, I hear uh, you. I, I feel you. <laughs> all the time. All right. I hear what my wife is saying, but I'm not really listening. I hope you've gotten some good tips today and some things on that. Katie, anything else comes to mind today on, on communication between couples Ooh, and just, things? Yeah. One more thing that has been a game changer, and that is the question, can I check out an assumption? Um, can I check out an assumption? This has been the most powerful breakthrough question in our relationship because his personality is so different from mine. And so can I check out an assumption has changed? It's been the game changer. And so you ask that, like if you're starting to, if your spouse is starting to get really angry, you could say, can I check out an assumption? It seems like you're really angry right now. And hmm. I think it's about X. Is that true? Wow. And then they get a chance to say yes or no. And it's been huge for, for really moving quickly through a discussion and getting to a place where everybody feels good and we have the desired outcome that we wanted. So that's my favorite golden ticket right there. <laughs> I'm sorry. I wasn't listening. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. 
All right, you are at the intersection of faith and culture. Just take a deep breath and communicate. You and your spouse, you and your kids, you and your family, you're going to make it through, uh, make it through that intersection together. All right, we'll be back next month, and we'll dive into another um, issue that I've had to deal with in my life for going through in some way or another and see if we can talk through it. Hey, Katie, would you mind closing us in prayer for this one? Oh, that's sweet. I would love to. Uh, Lord Jesus, I pray that this podcast would just infuse our listeners with hope that it's possible to change the patterns of communication. It's possible to learn new skills and how beautifully you've made us that we can learn new things, that we're not stuck, that we don't have to be like the world that has no hope and they're communicating. We have you and you give us your spirit alive within us to learn these things and you give us each other to practice with. I just thank you, God, for every single person who's listened and for this information. Thank you for how you have watched over and guided and protected and enabled Ted and I and Amy and Brian to be faithful in our marriages, God. We pray for more faithful marriages, for your glory and for the good of the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We'll see you next time at the intersection of faith and culture. Thanks for listening to The Intersection of Faith and Culture, a PCM podcast.